Calling program is a proud member of the Palava family of podcasts. Check out all the shows over at palava.com. That's P-A-L-A-V-I dot com. And, and how come you never see goths driving cars? No, we drive cars. We're just like you, really, except that we listen to Cradle of Filth. <laughs> cradle of Filth? I presume that's a band. Hmm. It's not literally a Cradle of Filth. Oh, no, that would be horrible. <laughs> Cradle of Filth are actually one of the best contemporary dark wave bands in the world. I never forget the first time I heard them. <laughs> Changed my life. Blew my mind. I was lucky I discovered them when I did, because it was around that time that things started to go wrong for me at work. I don't know what happened, but suddenly people just weren't returning my calls. In my strategy meetings, people seemed distracted, distant. I couldn't put my finger on it, but something was wrong. I'll tell you, it was good to have the filth to come home to after another disappointing day. You've got to help Roy! Richmond's out of his room, he's not in his room, he's supposed to be in his room. Why is he out of his room? Well, he's going to come out and play with us for a while. I'm tired of being thankful for scraps. Still, they want us to love them anyway. One day, somebody's going to have to make a stand. One day, somebody's going to have to say, enough. You get your ass to work and save my country from these cock-sucking Republicans. He's riding his horse through town to send those warning shots bells that uh, we were going to be secure and we were going to be free. Too little, too late, too obvious. Madam, you are a clear and present danger to the safety and security of this nation. When it comes to bullshit, big time, major league bullshit, you have to stand in awe, in awe of the all-time champion of false promises and exaggerated claims, religion, no contest, no Reveal to us God's will that we may blindly obey. Free us from thought and responsibility. We shall read things off you. Then do them. Your words guide us. We're dumb. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Try and work together. Are you serious? I just, I just told you that a moment ago. Hello, everybody. Uh, this is episode 176 of Are You Serious? I think it's 176. I didn't bother to check before I started the show. But Frank is not with me today because our schedules were so different this week that uh, there was just no good time for us to get together. So I'm going to do what I can here now <clears throat> while I'm in the middle of a couple of conversations on Facebook. Um, one that I think was just a thinly veiled rant about stuff I had posted all day. And if you guys know me <laughs> and you know the stuff that I put up on Facebook, none of it is really, I don't know. It, it There's definitely sides to everything that I put up. So I, um, first I have this one. I have to play this and I have to be honest with you all. I did not listen to the whole thing because I couldn't take all of it. Um, but for you, I will play the entire thing. So let's see where this goes. Hello, I'm Chuck Norris, and this is my wife, Gina. We're here to talk to you about the National Council on Bible Curriculum in Public Schools. 
Chuck and I believe it's very important to have a Bible curriculum in every public school in America. Our forefathers founded this country on biblical principles. No. And they never intended the Bible to be removed from our schools. No, that's not true. Here in America, religion forms the foundation of our way of life, and the Bible is part of that religion. No, it doesn't. The laws of the nation. In fact, the Bible is currently being taught as history and literature in various school districts in 33 states. The Bible as the textbook. You may ask Bullshit. legal, and the answer is yes. No, not even close. I should also mention that 92% of the school boards approached with this idea have voted it in. Bullshit. You can change the course of our country, and God knows we need it. If you would like to help, here's how. Call 1-888-BIBLE-NOW. Thank you. Okay, Chuck Norris is a fucking moron. He's obviously taken way too many kicks to the face. Um, there are just so many things wrong with everything he said that um, I'm just going to leave it right there. And all of that Chuck Norris stuff that I thought was funny a year or two ago when it first came out, um, Jesus Christ, I, I just <laughs> I can't help but say that. Chuck Norris is an idiot. Then uh, I would fight him. I wouldn't win. But I would fight him. What I can I can I can make ads and I can spout things off and I can say whatever I want that you know. Um, let me look on my shelf here that um, the making of Star Wars is being taught as history and fact. Well, that actually would be, huh? I <laughs> uh, will say the Walking Dead. And that, and then that ninety percent of school districts approached because they probably approached, you know, one, and the answer was I don't know, maybe. So, uh, I'm just gonna stop right there. I don't, I don't understand what's wrong with that guy. I really don't. I don't know. Anyway, um, let's move on to some other stuff here, which I obviously don't have prepared. Now that that's not obvious to you yet, but it will be very soon. Um, let me see what we have here. I so I started a lot of fights today, apparently online, um, just by posting random stuff. Um, one thing that I that I wrote up today said, "Come on, where did it go?" I don't like the new timeline. I'm not really clear on how it works so I have here's a thought instead of thanking God for what you have you could a take credit and satisfaction for what you have accomplished on your own through sheer determination strength courage and willpower and the love and support of family and friends B don't thank him because it undermines what you fought to accomplish or C see letter A and B because the God doesn't exist it's all you you are the person you are because of what you have accomplished. You are who you are because you have done what you have done. Don't share the credit. You did it all on your own. I think if, if you sh- end up sharing the credit like that, it definitely undermines. It would undermine your self-confidence. You would feel that you couldn't do anything without God's help when in reality it really is all you that accomplished it. I don't know. So that 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 lit up a huge conversation, which is frustrating. Because um, 
Well, let's look at the comments here. You know, it is uh, just just check it out on my timeline. It's right there. I don't want to. I don't want to throw anybody under the bus because I try to be as polite as possible to people that I actually talk to in real life, not you know political people or people in the news. So, yeah, I think if Frank was here, he would read it out loud because it's not his timeline. <laughs> uh, let's see. So it's been about an hour since that last phrase that I said because I had other stuff to do. So I said, screw the show. I'm going to go get food because, you know, we all have to eat. And we were out of milk. That's kind of important. So I'm back and uh, not quite as pissed off as I was for the first segment. Um, Where in the first segment, I actually... Uh, <laughs> going through the whole Facebook thing, people are dumb. There really are dumb people out there. I met a person today that thought the N-word, the derogatory word used to describe black people, um, first only meant ignorant, and I really just wanted to respond, well, then you're one dumb, and there you go. Um, and then he tried to tell me that it wasn't a real word. And then I found out what who it was and backstory and what anyway. Um so anyway, that whole thing is behind me, unless it pops up here on Facebook. I wanna say in the beginning, um I'm running a poll because I think that it would be fun to uh revisit some of the top stories of two thousand eleven. Um you can add your own. Um and the title of the post is, I think we should do a 2011 news roundup. What were your favorite stories from 2011? So leading in the poll right now is Herman Cain, Shenanigans, Denials, and Pokemon, followed by a three-way tie. Fox News' Japan mistakenly identifies nightclub as nuclear plant. The Muppets are communist. And Sesame Street is too liberal. Um, we also have Bill Nye versus Fox News, The End of Don't Ask, Don't Tell, the only real serious one I have in here, Barack Obama's Hip Hop Barbecue, and uh, Rick Perry, pretty much everything he did. Feel free to add your own, and we will wait for the entire year, which I know is two more days, but we'll wait for everything to roll in, and um, next week we'll announce what stories we will cover real quick. Um for a year-end wrap-up of, I don't know, what what do you think, the dumbest shit that happened? Speaking of dumbest shit, <laughs> Anthony posted a story about um, the one and only Victoria Jackson, who, if she wasn't such an idiot, would really have my sympathy because somewhere along the line, this poor girl has lost her mind. She, I'm waiting for the page to load here. Um, she was on a show called Politichicks. I don't know and I don't care if she runs the show or not. Uh, it's a web talk show. Uh, she has claimed that the United States is being overtaken by radical Muslims bent on bringing the nation under Sharia law. I think we should just play the audio. Good luck dealing with her voice. Islamic law has infiltrated your community, your country, and your life. Oh my God. 
It looks like a video for the for Funny or Die. Hi, everybody. I just went to a briefing <coughs> in Washington, D.C., across the street from the Capitol at the Long Wharf building at 8.30 a.m. two days ago, and it changed my life. Uh, for six She's hours, a Scientologist I saw now. pictures and names and dates and facts and Islamic law books and Koran surahs for six hours. And they proved to me, this guy John and Steve and their team... Their B, mobile van full of junk. XFBI. They proved to me that uh, the Muslim Brotherhood has infiltrated <laughs> our highest... Positions in government. Wow. And uh, this is serious. This is their book. Um, if you care at all about freedom, it's going to be then a joke. You have to be educated and fight back. Uh, Hillary Clinton just said that Islamophobia should be punishable by law. I thought that the media is the one who took the words Islam, uh, Sharia, and all the um, Muslim out of the uh, newspapers and the TV show. No. The what? Muslim Brotherhood, who has a lot of front groups and organizations, <laughs> and who actually has, um, they took it out of the conversation. If you can't identify your enemy, how can you fight your enemy? Islam is our enemy. Islam is not a religion of peace. That's a lie. It's called taqiyya. You're allowed to lie for Allah. And one more thing. The FBI assistant director, the FBI her Weapons of Mass Destruction Directorate is an Iranian-born Muslim, our FBI Assistant Director, and the Muslim Public Affairs Council, MPAC, trains the TSA. Remember 9-11? Remember the airports were supposed to be secure? What okay, it, there's is six she more talking about? And I'm very upset about it. You know the mainstream media doesn't... They just did a fluff piece on Islam on 60 Minutes. Joke. You're liars. The lie of omission. You are not telling the American public the truth. And, uh, absolutely. Uh, she interviewed Frank Gaffney. Tell, tell him yeah. about that interview. He's right here. Yeah. Okay. Um, wow. So, uh, let me read a little from the article here because it, that whole segment is 11 and a half minutes long and I know I need to fill because I'm doing the show by myself, but I am not going to subject anybody to that. Um, it says former Saturday night live actress, Victoria Jackson, working on confidential information. She has special clearance to obtain as a web talk show host has claimed that the United States is being overtaken by radical Muslims bent on bringing the nation under Sharia law. I just went to a briefing in Washington, D.C., across the street from the Capitol at the Longworth Building at 8.30 a.m. two days ago, and it changed my life. Jackson said last week on her web show, Politichicks. For six hours, I saw pictures and names and dates and facts in Islamic law books and Korans, surahs for six hours, and they proved to me that the Muslim Brotherhood has infiltrated our highest positions in government, and this is serious, like we heard her say. Jackson also detailed the meeting in an earlier blog post this December, which I refuse to read. In that post, she details testimony given by John Guandolo, a former FBI agent who worked on the case against former Louisiana Rep. William Jefferson. Guandolo resigned from the FBI in 2008 after he was caught trying to score a $75,000 donation for an anti-terrorism group from a wealthy Jefferson case witness with whom he was having an affair. So a reliable source. 
Guandolo now gives speeches on the existen- existential sorry, threat of Islam, claiming that Muslim groups are using political correctness and political insurgency to stop FBI and police officers from stopping their spread of Sharia law. The actress turned pundit, that should all be in quotes, also reported testimony from Major Stephen Coughlin, who in 2008 was effectively fired from his post at the Joint Chiefs of Staff because too many conservatives believed he was a staunch anti-Islamic extremist advocate. Buh. Wired reports that his contract was not renewed after a staffer for Gordon England, then Deputy Secretary of Defense, raised questions about his work. Last January, Coughlin gave a speech that maligned Muslims during an FBI presentation on extremism. Claiming that it was strongly hinted that President Obama was a Muslim, again, not with that with the with the preacher he had spouting in the anti-American stuff. You can't have it both ways. He can't be a socialist and a communist. He can't be a Muslim and a Catholic with an extreme priest. His policies all favor Muslims and are against Israel, she claims to have been told. Jackson says in the video that the ultimatum pushed by terrorist groups in America is, quote, you have to convert or be killed. Yeah, because that'll fly. While she says that the meeting forever changed her, I don't know, can you make crazy crazier? Jackson has already long claimed that Muslims, led by secret Muslim and terrorist sympathizer President Obama, are quietly taking over the United States government. She also has famously taken umbrage with gays and glee, including a highly publicized string of attacks last March, which we covered. So there's a month that you can check out one of those shows. We talked about it. This new Al-Qaeda magazine for women has beauty tips and suicide bomber tips. Give me a break, she wrote in a blog post for World Net Daily. That is as ridiculous as two men kissing on the mouth. Wow. She has weird standards for what's ridiculous. And I don't care what is politically correct. Everyone knows that two men on a wedding cake is a comedy skit, not an alternate lifestyle. There, I said it. Ridiculous. I don't think she would know a good comedy skit if it walked up and punched her in the throat until it collapsed her trachea. This fall, Jackson visited the Occupy Wall Street encampment at Zuccotti Park to challenge protesters, though it did not work out so well for her. There is a clickable link on that, so let's see if there's some video here. Victoria Jackson goes to Occupy Wall Street in flames protesters. I don't know why she would set them on fire, but I guess anything for a laugh, right? All right, let's see, where are we? All right, here's the dummy. I am here in New York City. All right, yeah, this oh, is 15 minutes just... long, so oh, I'm going to I'm going to skip ahead here. Let's see. We'll go to about 6 minutes. Well, have you seen the latest, latest uh, illegal immigration numbers? The numbers are actually going down. Not even, not even the illegal immigrants want to come here anymore. Well, that would be good. Well, see, there's the other thing. There's 11 million of them here, and I hear you GOP talk about getting rid of them. Do you realize the sheer logistics of getting rid of 11 million people? Even if you had every bus in the country loaded up, they would never stop coming. You've got to come up with a reform. Okay, so right now, 50% of Americans pay taxes and 50% do not. 
So if everyone gets free stuff, who's going to pay for it? Oh, you mean, are you asking me to cry a tear for the poor billionaires who may have to actually put in extra money? Oh, yeah, I'm going to really shed a tear for that. End the wars, tax the rich. That's how we get out of the deficit. And I'm not talking about the rich, I'm talking about the super rich. The 400 individuals who are billionaires who control some obscene percentage of the wealth of the country. So this is only about 400 people? No, 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 it's a systemic, oh, in general, but we're talking, we're talking about... But class warfare is Marxist. <laughs> oh, tell that to the super rich who have been waging class warfare against the poor and the middle class. Damn. Are they being Marxist as well? Here's Obama the thing. Capitalism, capitalism is like a poker game. The idea is to win as many chips as possible. And when you win more chips than everybody else, what happens? People have to borrow to stay in the game. That's why millions of Americans are so high in debt right now. And what happens is when you can't borrow anymore, the game's over. I'm not saying you can't make money, but you can't be so rich that you break the game for everyone else. And that's what's going on right now. What college did you go to? University of Maryland, College Park. University of what? Maryland, College Park. How did you pay for that? Because I couldn't afford college. I put myself through college, thank you. Not your parents? Not my parents. So what's wrong with everyone doing it the way you did it? I'm not saying that is wrong, but I'm not. I'm also not leaving out that others might need help. We can't, as a society, just ignore the people who have fallen through the cracks. But capitalism... What would Jesus do? Hey, Oprah Winfrey had nothing, now she's a billionaire. That's capitalism. So we're all just supposed to roll the dice and hope that we become billionaires? So and forget about the poor and okay, the... Okay, you want everyone to be equal. How are you going to make everyone equal in good looks and smart brains? Everyone's not no, that's true. How do you cr that's the most inane question I think you've asked. How am I going to make everyone <laughs> good-looking? everyone to get the same amount of money, the no, same no, no, college, the same that. house, no, the no, same no, car? No, no. Don't put words in my mouth. Okay, what do you want? I don't think you'll ever have a completely equal system, but you cannot have a system where the, the obscenely wealthy are breaking the system for everyone else. And I'll tell you why. Historically, if you look at Russia, if you look at France, the French Revolution, if you look at Rome, it has always been when there is a, such a disparity between the super wealthy and the poor that you leads to revolution. I'd rather not see that happen to our republic. Oh, you are. Uh, Hi, Victoria Jackson. Victoria? I know you are. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. I want to ask you. One did, second. Let me get my picture. Okay. Does the, were you guys inspired by the thing in the Egyptian protest and the Middle East protest? You're referring to the, the Arab Spring? Yeah. Absolutely. When you, the social media like Facebook and stuff has really brought together people in an almost uh, in another in an up, up, updated non-violent protest fashion, much but in the they, much in line with Dr. Martin Luther and, King and Gandhi. But they were violent. No, 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 no. You're, the 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 regimes became violent against them. <laughs> Gandhi, God, the Gandhi quote is, first they ignore you, then they mock you, then they fight you, and then you win. I'm in the tea party. I'm in the tea party, so... Can you speak for the tea party? Yes, but we, we don't... We're not violent. We don't even leave litter. Okay, so how come Van... You're not violent? No. You don't think you promote violence? How come Van Jones is promoting violence for you guys? Let me just press the, the camera button. So camera icon. Okay. I don't know how good I did. Alright, let's try it again. Oh, boy.
works. Yeah, that works. That's Was fine. That yeah, thank okay. you. He had to get his picture taken with the dumbest interviewer ever. Uh, encouraging violence. I'm not, I'm, you've got me there. I don't, I'm not familiar with that, Van Jones. You know Van Jones is a communist. I'm not familiar with Van Jones. I can't speak on it. You're not familiar with him? You stumped me on one question out of 20. <laughs> I think I did pretty good. Oh. All right. All right. All right. Yeah, she was totally owned. I love it when they talk to people that know what they're talking about. That is one of my all-time favorite things. Um, Let me scroll down here a little bit. Back to the original article. Um, It says, Michelle Bachman and Rick Santorum are the only GOP candidates so far to acknowledge the above facts and warn against the present threat of Islamic law replacing our Constitution. Jackson concluded in her blog post on the ex-FBI briefing, um... And in Fox News appearance early in December, she called Bachman my girl and said very few people in America are informed and educated as I am. Well, that much is definitely true because there aren't very many people like her at all. Wow. Wow. Victoria Jackson, you. You're a piece of work. All right. Let's scroll down here and see what else. uh has been dropped on the uh, Facebook page here. Uh, somebody I don't really care too much about, uh, Kelly Clarkson, endorses Ron Paul and gets Twitter hate over racism and homophobia. Surprise. I think if you're if you're uh, a pop star like that, you, you really need to stay away from any kind of um, controversy because, yeah, I don't know if she'll be able to recover. Uh, it says, the first American idol has announced who she wants to be the next American president. Her choices in helping her approval ratings. I love Ron Paul. I liked him a lot during the last Republican nomination, and no one gave him a chance. Kelly Clarkson wrote on Twitter, and who say, I never heard of that one. I'll have to check it out on Wednesday. If he wins the nomination for the Republican Party in 2012, he's got my vote. Too bad he probably won't. No, that's a good thing. Like Paul, Clarkson hails from Texas. Well, that explains a lot. (laughs) Sorry, any chance I can make a dig at Texas. And like Paul, Clarkson is a fan of limited government. But given her status as a pop star, she caught a lot of criticism from fans who were enraged over Clarkson's endorsement amid the ongoing controversy over racist and homophobic newsletters that were sent out under Paul's name in the 80s. Addressing the criticism, Clarkson later tweeted, I am really sorry if I have offended anyone. See, that is just not not how you how you you don't apologize if you offended anyone. You apologize for what you said. If you if you say that you're apologizing if you offended anyone, then you're really not taking your statement back. You're just sorry that somebody's pissed off with something you said. Um Obviously, that was not my intent. I do not support racism. I support gay rights, straight rights, women's rights, men's rights, black, white, purple, orange rights. It's kind of an idiot. And like, I like Ron Paul because he believes in less government and letting the people, all of us, make the decisions and mold our country. That is all. Out of all the Republican nominees, he's my favorite. Clarkson later told an angry Twitter follower that I never heard that he's a racist. So blindly following because you heard a couple things about a person. That's terrible. I definitely don't agree with racism. That's ignorant, she told another. I love all people and could care less if you like men or women. I have never heard that Ron Paul is a racist or a homophobe. 
The pop star continued her defense saying, man, my eyes have been open to so much hate tonight. If y'all ever disagree with something I say, please don't feel the need to attack me. Shut up. I will listen to what you say and any articles or viewpoints that you have when you say it with respect. Being hateful is not a healthy way to get people to see or hear you. I was raised to respect people and their decisions and beliefs, and I hope you will grant me the same decency. If you don't agree with me, simply unfollow me. That's probably the best advice. She probably just should have said that. It's really that easy. I hope you don't, because I would love the chance to hear what you have to say. But if you're so blinded by hate, you can't see peace and progress, then it's your unfortunate prerogative. (coughs) If she wants to see peace and progress, she really ought to back a Democrat, but whatever. Clarkson told a fan that she is a Republican but voted Democrat in 2008. Clarkson performed at a July 4th gala for President Obama and First Lady Michelle Obama in 2010. And then there's a sample of the um, back and forth with the Twitter fans. Uh, I don't care enough to read those. Uh, (laughs) So uh, I'm going to take a break and I will be right back. to you before. I have no tongue for it. No one, not even you, will remember if we were good podcasters or bad. Why we recorded or why we voicemailed. All that matters is Metal Mikey stood against many. That's what's important. Valor pleases you, Krom. So grant me one request. Grant me action attraction. And if you do not listen, let to hell with you. Action Attraction, the action movie review podcast. You can find Action Attraction through MetalMikey.Lipson.com or at www.PennyCult.com or by searching for Action Attraction in iTunes. 
Are you tired of film podcasts where the hosts exist in a constant, blissful state of agreement? I mean, the main, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. Well, you're in luck. Let me introduce you to Chinstroker and Punter. One is an ex-film student with a penchant for David Lynch and hard cinema. The other is a man on the street. Listen in perplexed and horrified terror as we tear apart one film a week. Just really, it's isn't. not visually striking. No, I'm just just getting confirmation. It's just in That's the third time, though. I mean, am I, is this on? You can find us at chinstrokerversuspunter.podomatic.com. So come and share the victory. If you could fuck any man in film, who would it be and why? My answer is Lance Henriksen. Oh. He, he wouldn't tell. He looks like somebody. <laughs> he looks like somebody who can keep a secret. course in the middle of that i didn't prepare anything new to uh, have immediately ready so how about i just click on this link for this uh tim minchin song um because it's horrible (laughs) and by horrible i mean it is absolutely the most blasphemous thing ever recorded and it's filthy thank you nick for posting this Fuck the motherfucker, fuck the motherfucker, fuck the motherfucker, he's a fucking motherfucker. Fuck the motherfucker, fuck the fucking fucker, fuck the motherfucker, he's a total fucking fucker. Fuck the motherfucker, fuck the motherfucker, fuck the motherfucker, fucking fuck the motherfucker. Fuck the motherfucker, fuck the motherfucking pope. Fuck the motherfucker and fuck you motherfucker if you think that motherfucker is safe. If you cover for another motherfucker. Who's a kitty fucker? Fuck you, you're no better than the motherfucking rapist. And if you don't like the swearing that this motherfucker forced from me and reckon it shows moral or intellectual falsity, then fuck you, motherfucker. This is language one employs when one is fucking cross about fuckers, fucking boys. I don't give a fuck if calling the Pope a motherfucker means you unthinkingly brandy and unthinking apple state. This has now to do with other fucking godly motherfuckers. I'm not interested right now in fucking scriptural debate. There are other fucking songs and there are other fucking ways. I'll be a religious apologist on other fucking days. And the fact remains, if you protect a single kitty fucker, then Pope or Prince or Plumber, you're a fucking motherfucker. You see, I don't give a fuck what any other motherfucker believes about Jesus and his motherfucking mother. I've no problem with the spiritual beliefs of all these fuckers while those beliefs don't impact.
reflect on the happiness of others But if you build your church on claims of fucking moral authority And with threats of hell imposed on others in society Then you, you motherfuckers, can expect some fucking wrath When it turns out you've been fucking us in our motherfucking asses So fuck a motherfucker and fuck you, motherfucker If you're still a motherfucking papist If he covered for a single motherfucker Who's a kitty fucker, fuck the motherfucker He's as evil as the rapist And if you look into your motherfucking heart and tell me true If this motherfucking stupid fucking song offended you With its filthy fucking language and its fucking disrespect If it made you feel angry, go ahead and write a letter But if you find me more offensive than the fucking possibility The Pope protected priests when they were getting fucking fiddly Then listen to me, motherfucker, this here is a fact You are just as morally misguided as that motherfucking power-hungry Self-aggrandized bigot in the stupid fucking hat there's some really cute artwork that goes along with that. A uh, little disturbing, but all the little, du- the little dudes there do a nice dance. Um, so, anyway, that was uh, from Nick, who I just added on uh, into the group yesterday. So that was that was nice. That was a good first post. I like that. Um, let's go to this one that Angie posted. Uh, Cardinal George defends comment linking gay rights activists to the Ku Klux Klan. Because he's in touch with what's going on and hip and down with the kids. Cardinal Francis George, quote unquote moron, is defending his recent comments linking gay rights activists to the Ku Klux Klan. I don't even care to say it right, so if I didn't, I don't care. Saying he made an obvious comparison to groups like the KKK that have tried to stifle religious freedom. In response, some gay rights activists, advocates, Wednesday called on George to apologize and resign. Those groups have labeled George's comments everything from hurtful to brazen to bigoted. They're all right. Not all right. They are all correct. (laughs) They might be all right. I don't know them personally. The Fuhrer appeared, not the Fuhrer, Fuhrer, appeared to have died down after George's initial KKK reference last week. His original comments came in the context of moving the route and time of Chicago's gay pride parade. The changes sent the parade in front of Our Lady of Mount Carmel during Sunday Mass, causing potential traffic problems that worried the church pastor. Uh, that sounds perfectly legitimate, and that's that sounds like a, a good thing to say, uh, traffic. The time of the parade has since been moved back to noon to address the timing concerns. At that point, everybody involved should have just shut the fuck up. Last week... George last week was interviewed on the topic by Fox News Chicago saying, you know, you don't want the gay liberation movement to morph into something like the Ku Klux Klan demonstrating in the streets against Catholicism. That's an interesting jump in logic. But then again, I guess any any priest or cardinal would have had to have a very interesting jump in logic to become a priest or cardinal. Um, Where was I? Demonstrating So I think that's what's happening, and I don't know that it is, but I would respect the local pastor's, you know, position on that. Linking the KKK to gay rights activism led to criticism of the Cardinal. <laughs> you know shit. On Tuesday, he issued a statement on the Archdiocese of Chicago website defending his comments. The Chicago Gay Pride Parade has been organized and attended for many years without interfering with the worship of God in a Catholic church, the Cardinal statement said. When the 2012 parade organizers announced the time and route change this year, it was apparent that the parade would interfere with divine worship in a Catholic parish on the new route. 
When the pastor's request for reconsideration of the plans was ignored, the organizers invited an obvious comparison to other groups who have historically attempted to stifle the religious freedom of the Catholic Church. One such organization is the Ku Klux Klan, which, well into the 1940s, paraded through American cities, not only to interfere with Catholic worship, but also to demonstrate that Catholics stand outside of the American consensus. It is not a precedent anyone should want to emulate. Brian Richardson, a spokesman for Center on Halstead, a gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender community center, called George's most recent comments divisive and hurtful because he was being extraordinarily polite. We look to leaders, especially faith leaders, to provide constructive and unifying ideas and themes, Richardson said. Instead of standing by those comments, George should repudiate them. It's wrong to compare a pride parade to a clan parade in any way. Pride parades were created to be inclusive and welcoming to all. I think he's just confused. He's in his head replaced the word gay with white, and you add pride after that, and he's just all messed up. Anthony Martinez, executive director of the Civil Rights Agenda, an Illinois gay rights advocacy group, said George should resign. The Cardinal's words are hurtful to lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender Catholics and the entire LGBT community, Martinez said in a written statement. We renew our call for Cardinal George to issue an apology for his hurtful comments and respectfully ask him to resign. I'm all for that. Uh, what do we got next? Anthony. Anthony has posted crap about Ron Paul. And I'm not saying it's crap because he posted it. I mean, it's about Ron Paul, so it must be crap. Death penalty for gays. Ron Paul courts the religious fringe in Iowa. Let me repeat that again for the benefit of Reverend Scott. Death penalty for gays. Ron Paul courts the religious fringe in Iowa. Ron Paul has faced a torrent of criticism in recent weeks over the newsletters printed in his name during the 1980s and 1990s, which contained racist, anti-Semitic, and homophobic content. He is also on the hook for accepting the support of fringe right-wing groups. While Paul dismisses these concerns, his campaign seems to have no problem working with and enjoying the support of anti-gay extremists, including one supporter who has called for the implementation of the death penalty for homosexual behavior. Apparently, the uh, somebody from Iran. No. Paul's Iowa chair, Drew Ivers, who has recently gone into hiding, recently touted the endorsement of Reverend Philip G. Kayser, a pastor at the Dominion Covenant Church in Nebraska. That sounds like where a lot of possessions happen, doesn't it? Also, uh, who also draws members from Iowa putting out a press release praising, quote, the enlightening statements he makes on how Ron Paul's approach to government is consistent with Christian beliefs. But Kayser's views on homosexuality go way beyond the bounds of typical anti-gay evangelical politics and into the violent fringe. He recently authored a paper arguing for criminalizing homosexuality and even advocating advocated imposing the death penalty against offenders based on his reading of biblical law. So see, there really isn't that much difference between the Quran and the Bible. They they both say kill people. Kill people because they do things that make you go, ugh, that's not right. Fucking morons. Difficulty in implementing biblical law does not make non-biblical penology. Just, he argued. But as we have seen, 
While many homosexuals would be executed, the threat of capital punishment can be restorative. Biblical law would recognize as a matter of justice that even if this law could be enforced today, homosexuals could not be prosecuted for something that was done before. Uh, so they'd have to fuck people after the law goes into effect and get caught. I wonder if they could get uh, Republican House members to run sting operations for that. Hmm. Reached by phone, Kayser confirmed to TPM uh, that he believed in reinstating biblical punishments for homosexuals. Which, by the way, let me ask this question. If Sharia law is such a fucking problem, why is biblical law no problem? It's all the same stupid bullshit to me. And I've lost my place. <laughs> but, as, but as we have seen, while many homosexuals would be executed threat of capital punishment, restorative, yeah, 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 okay, um, in reinstating biblical punishment for homosexuals, including the death penalty, even if he didn't see much hope for it happening anytime soon, or ever if you're intelligent. While he said he and Paul disagree on gay rights, noting that Paul recently voted for repealing Don't Ask, Don't Tell, he supported the campaign because he believed Paul's federalist take on the Constitution would allow states more latitude to implement fundamentalist law. Oh, not Sharia. There's more syllables in that one, so that's okay. Fundamentalist law. Especially since under Kayser's own interpretation of the Constitution, there's no separation of church and state. What is he interpreting? The first sentence? God damn it, people is stupid. I'm not saying I'm the smartest one in the room, but right now I'm the only one in this room. Under a Ron Paul, and I'm still not the smartest one in here. Under a Ron Paul presidency, states would be, I know you all thought that, so I just said it out loud. States would be freed up to not have political correctness imposed on them. But obviously some state would follow what's politically correct. Massachusetts. He said, what he's trying to do, whether he agrees with the Constitution's position or not, is restrict himself to the Constitution. That is something I very much appreciate. I don't understand what the fuck this guy's even talking about anymore. Kayser's allegiance to the Paul campaign may reflect who the campaign has chosen to sell Paul to the churches. Mike Heath, who became Ron Paul's... Sorry about that pause there. I was making sure I read that correctly. Mike Heath, who became Ron Paul's Iowa State Director this fall, has spent his career on the Christian right. In Iowa, Heath has focused on outreach to the religious community in the state where Paul has made an effort to target evangelical voters. Heath spent 14 years running the Christian Civic League of Maine, which has since changed its name, as a prominent figure in Maine, he slowly alienated the Christian right in the same in the state with his extreme tactics. In 2004, for example, he launched a witch hunt to out gay members of the Maine legislature asking supporters, according to the Portland Press-Herald, to email us tips, rumors, speculation, and facts regarding the sexual orientation of the state's political leaders, adding, we are of course most interested in the leaders among us who want to overturn marriage, eliminate the mother-father family as the ideal, etc. The result was that his own organization suspended him for a month. It's tough when you're too extreme for the extreme groups. He's a well-known conspiracy theorist about the, quote, gay agenda, said Travis Kennedy, chief of staff for the House Democratic Office in Maine, who says Heath was a big figure around the Capitol for many years. Heath made more enemies than friends, says Kennedy, whose, quote, offensive and aggressive tactics put off even his allies on the Christian right. 
In 2007, Heath played a big part in opposing a sexual orientation anti-discrimination ballot measure, which ultimately passed by a wide margin. It's tough to be on the wrong side of history, isn't it, Heath? On Heath's new job in Iowa, Kennedy said, I'm not surprised he'd be hired in a state far away from Maine. He has a pretty good reputation. He had pretty poor, sorry, reputation around here. From 2008 to 2010, Heath served as chairman of the Board of Americans for Trust About Homosexuality. Truth About Homosexuality. Let me start that sentence again. My phone just keeps going off. From 2008 to 2010, Heath served as chairman of the board for of Americans for Truth About Homosexuality. I'm having a terrible time reading tonight. AFTAH is a fringe anti-gay organization that has been listed as a hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center. There's a link there. I got to see what, what what's going on with this link. 18 anti-gay groups and their propaganda. Hmm. Abiding Truth Ministries right here in Springfield, Massachusetts. The American Family Association. Oh, I love those guys. Love to punch them in the face. Americans for Truth About Homosexuality. There they are. American Vision. Chalcedon Foundation or Chalcedon Foundation in California. Christian Anti-Defamation Commission. It's pretty bad when an anti-defamation commission is, is a hate group. Or can be classified as one. Concerned Women for America. Oh, they, they equated homosexuality with pedophilia. Good for them. It's tough to make that, draw that crazy ass line. Coral Ridge Ministries in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, let's see. Dove World Outreach Center. I've actually heard of them. Family Research Council. I oh, love those guys too. Yep. Family Research Institute, not to be confused with the Family Research Council. They are two different hate groups. Heterosexuals organized for a moral environment. That says home. Uh, Illinois Family Institute. Anything with the words family and institute. If it's not, you know, for psychological care, they're going to try and convert you back. Liberty Council. And mass resistance. Oh, what is this one? Let me see. Is that the last one? If this is the last one, I got it. Oh, there's the National Organization for Marriage from Princeton, New Jersey. The Traditional Values Coalition in Anaheim, California. But I like mass resistance. That's got a good title. Mass resistance, the leading pro-family grassroots activist group in Massachusetts. I've never heard of them, by the way. Began life in 1995 as the Parents' Rights Coalition. Became the Article 8 Alliance in 2003. And took on its current name in 2006. Its leader, Brian Kamenker, is a programmer who was an official of the Article 8 Alliance and also headed the Newton Mass chapter of the National Taxpayers Association. As president of yet another group, the Interface Coalition of Massachusetts, Kamenker spearheaded the drafting of a bill that passed in 1996 and required that parents be notified of any sex education in their children's schools. Okay. I guess that's good to know. That same year, Kamiker claimed that suicide prevention programs aimed at gay youth actually were, quote, put together by homosexual activists to normalize homosexuality. And nobody beat this guy up? Later, mass resistance charged that groups like the Gay, Lesbian, and Straight Education Network, which supported school anti-bullying programs, actually want to lure children into homosexuality and very possibly sadomasochism. Now, sadomasochism is a decision you make on your own with your partner and a safe word. Although, 
It's not that hard to lure people into it. <laughs> you just have to get them good and horny and then pull out the whip. There you go. Anyway, enough of those fucking morons. Let me uh let me go back to this thing here I was reading about Ron Paul. Um so we talked about that dummy uh by the Sun Property Law Center for promoting false information. For example, the organization and its founder Peter LaBarbera have published false reports about LGBT people, including allegations that they live shorter lives and that they are prone to pedophilia. La Barbara disputes the SPLC's label, the Southern Poverty Law Center. Peter La Barbara is among the most fringe elements of the anti-gay industry in America today. Michael Cole Schwartz, spokesman for the Human Rights Campaign, wrote in an email to TPM, You'd be hard-pressed to find another group that is so singularly focused on telling lies about LGBT Americans. It's unclear if Ron Paul ascribes to some of Heath's anti-gay beliefs. Paul newsletters do contain several quotes smearing gay Americans as well as the AIDS epidemic. Recently, a disenchanted former Paul aide described an, an instance when Paul refused to use the bathroom of a gay supporter. So he's a paranoid person, too, but what a, and, and an idiot. But whatever Paul's beliefs... Heath's work on his campaign is another strike against a candidate with a history of associating with fringe elements of the right. Yeah, that's some crazy, 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 crazy bullshit. <laughs> um, let's see, where are we? Let's see what else we have here. The Muslim test. Another one from Anthony. Uh, let's see. The Muslim test, how to expose the hypocrisy of the religious right. All right. Let's see what we got here. So what is the Muslim test? Simple. It is the foolproof proof method of revealing the right-wing hypocrisy. As the last three years have made blindingly obvious, the average conservative has lost all sense of reality. They, this is also from um, um, what website am I on here? Um, addicting info. So it's going to be a little bit snarky, which I actually appreciate. The average conservative has lost all sense of reality. They are so consumed by hatred of Muslims, they've jettisoned every shred of rationality. But how do you get through to people this crazed? Well, you really can't. But what you can do is force them to confront, to, is to confront their lunacy and watch them howl at the moon in outrage. This provides a glimpse for neutral or undecided bystanders into the depths of the right-wing fanaticism. Provides a glimpse, right? Uh, while providing liberals with an amusing game to play with mentally unhinged people. Here's how the Muslim test works. Take any conservative claim that they are being oppressed by evil secularists or rival religions. Replace Christianity with Islam and see if the offended party is still quite as gung-ho. Conversely, take any demand for special privileges, insist that they be granted to Islam as well, and watch the odd conservative head explode. I like this game. I think I may start trolling Facebook with it. It says, let's try it out. Angry conservative. I'm offended that those darn liberals have taken prayer out of school. I demand that we allow children to worship in the classroom. The Muslim test. Well, okay. We'll allow the principal, Mr. Sadiq, to lead a morning prayer to Allah. <laughs> Angry conservative. What? I don't want my children worshiping another faith. The Muslim test. Well, then they can stand out in the hallway while the class prays. Angry conservative. Absolutely not. Why should my children be treated like outcasts? See how easy this is? Angry conservative. You can't build a mosque in our neighborhood. We won't allow it. The Muslim test. That's what they're calling, obviously, the reasonable person. I 
guess if you really felt that strongly about it, it's okay. I hope you don't mind, but the Muslim community of Dearborn, Michigan has said the same thing about new churches. Angry conservative. They can't do that. The Constitution says I have the right to freedom of religion. I can build a church wherever I want. I'm sorry. I apologize to anybody in the South, but this is going to turn into a, a shitty Southern accent pretty quick. Angry conservative. The Constitution does not say anything about keeping church and state separate. We should base our laws on the Bible. <laughs> The Muslim test. Well, okay. We'll make it illegal to eat, drink, or have sex between dawn and dusk during Ramadan. Wait, that doesn't sound like the Bible. Obviously, pork will be illegal. Now, hold on there. And state-mandated circumcisions for all males. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I mean my religion. Of course you did. You should have a pretty good idea of how the Muslim test works now. Go ahead and try it out on a few of your conservative friends. The staff of AddictingInfo.org and the Are You Serious podcast takes no responsibility for the fallout when your conservative friends call you a terrorist sympathizer and defriend you. Uh, I like that. That That is a tactic that um, you can easily use with uh, replacing the word black or gay in a sentence um, with Christian, conservative, or white. And sometimes it actually works. So let's see what we got here. Uh, Demise is watching Community, so good for you. That is, that is, that's great. I hope you like it. Uh, Governor Rick Snyder signs domestic partner benefits ban into law. Did we do that last week? I don't remember now. I think we did, so we're going to skip that because he's a fucking douchebag. So let me scroll up here a little bit. Yes, it definitely was last week. So, hmm, <laughs> I know this is fantastic, huh? Why don't we, uh, why don't we take another break here and I'll find something interesting to talk about. Be right back. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. Electric word, life, it means forever and that's a mighty long time, but I'm here to tell you. There's something else. The afterworld. The afterworld. A world of never-ending happiness. You can always see the sun. Day or night. So when you call up that shrink in Beverly Hills, you know the one. Dr. Everything will be alright. Instead of asking how much of your time is left, ask how much of your mind is Cause in this life, things are much harder than What's up, everybody? This is Bill. And this is Chris. From Outside the Cinema. We're here to give you the reasons why you should be listening to Outside the Cinema. One, we cover kick-ass movies. Two, we cover kick-ass movies. Okay, this isn't going to work if you continue this way. Oh, really? I'm not supposed to echo what you say? Three, I'm good-looking. Four, I would agree with that. And five, your life pretty much depends on it. This is Kane Hodder. Keep listening to Outside the Cinema, or I'll kill you. OutsideTheCinema.com. It's on the fucking internet. Outside the cinema, your source for cult movie discussion.
Hey fans, it's Ken Forey. Just want to tell you about Mail Order Zombie. Great company. They review zombie films, any zombie film, every zombie film. And it's uh, something you should tune into. So if you get a chance, go to the website, look these guys up, Mail Order Zombie, and find out what the hot zombie films are today. What's going on? These guys are right on the the cutting edge of of reviewing zombie movies. And if you're a zombie, or you want to be a zombie, or you're thinking about being a zombie, or your mom's a zombie, your dad's a zombie, your damn mother-in-law's a zombie, tune into Mail Order Zombie, baby. You'll find out what's going on. Ken Forey, and that's out. This is a great jump film from the Girls on Film Radio. Are you tired of all those vegetarian or vegan podcasts? We just listened to what the Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema had to say about the Girls on Film Radio. A lot of good meat in there. There's a lot of good meat in there uh, that the girls talk about. You guys got a lot of nice meat over there at the podcast. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Right. So there you have it. The Meaty Film Discussion by Meaty Women. Listen to Girls on Film Radio. Girlsonfilm.podomatic.com everybody um this morning oh wow my disc is almost full how about that i'm gonna have to delete some stuff anyway this morning i saw a petition that i could sign because verizon was going to start charging two dollars for one-time payments because they want you to uh sign up for automatic payments but the thing is you could still send a check and it wouldn't it wouldn't cost you $2 and there was another thing about calling and talking to someone and that would cost you $2 as well so basically Verizon wanted to charge you to pay your bill and i think uh the internet blew up and said fuck you Verizon and um the funny thing is we have this story less than 12 hours later Can you hear me now? Customer spoke loud and clear, and now Verizon Wireless is dropping plans to charge a fee for payments made over the phone or online with credit or debit cards. In a statement on its website, the company says customer feedback prompted the decision. Verizon had been planning to charge a $2 convenience fee starting on January 15th, hoping to steer customers to electronic check payments, which are cheaper, and automatic credit card payments, which are more reliable. But the plan was dropped after tens of thousands 
thousands of people signed an online petition, which was started by the same woman who began a successful campaign to make Bank of America drop a similar fee earlier. Thank you for doing that. Lee Powell, the Associated Press. So your voice does matter. That's nice to see, isn't it? And honestly, it was a stupid move on Verizon's part just to start with, but you know, I like I like the fact that they they got rid of it right away. So, um Will from the uh, Gentleman's Guide just posted um uh, a link to the 12 most insane news stories of 2000 2010. Oh. That's no good. I don't want 2010. But now that I've teased all of you, why don't we take a trip back to 2010 and remember? I think he meant to link to this one, which is 2011. That makes more sense. So let's start with the first one. We'll go through this. Um, An honorable mention, um, baby Asian Mr. T. Uh, Apparently... Uh, we were introduced to Scout in 2011, the adorable infant whose ingenious father had a vision that the chubby baby fat would make perfect muscles. Scout has grown up a bit. He's, basically, he uh, put a mask on the kid that made him look like Mr. T. That's not even whatever. Um, number 10 is the Saddam Hussein lookalike kidnapped for porn. Uh, back in October, El Aram reported that an Iraqi gang attempted to kidnap Moma, Mohammed Bashir from a marketplace in Egypt. Their motive, they wanted to make a porno with Saddam look like Bashir as the star. According to Bashir's son, the same guys had previously offered him $300,000 to do the porn, but he had refused because he apparently thinks his private parts are made of rare platinum and rubies, or maybe he just has really ugly balls. Once he'd refused the money, the gang reverted to the old Latin drug gang motto, Plate a Plomo, which of course means silver or jizz. <laughs> Meaning, accept a bribe to do a porno and we'll extract the money shot, or we'll extract the money shot by force. Sadly for them, Bashir fought his way out of the van and they never got to make a porno with the Saddam lookalike. Pass it off as genuine and sell it to the media, as was their plan. Perhaps the most complex get-rich scheme in the history of crime. Uh, let's see. Man with fabulous mullet tries to kill his girlfriend with an exploding dildo. On New Year's Day last year, Terry Allen Lester was accused of planting an an explosive in a dildo intended for one of his ex-girlfriends. She must have been a real prize for him to have that kind of sour grapes because with a mullet like Lester's, I imagine he'd have to beat the pussy off of the tire iron. Your Honor... The only thing I'm guilty of is having a righteous neck warmer. Uh, here's the news article. Uh, Waseka man is accused of planting, planting an explosive device inside a sex toy intended for one of his ex-girlfriends. 37-year-old Terry Allen Lester has been charged with felony counts of creating an explosive device and making terroristic threats. The incident was reported on New Year's Day. Authorities said Lester had been staying with the apparent intended victim and another woman. He had been forced to leave the apartment by the landlord, but left behind bags, one of which contained a container marked Christmas gifts. I imagine he had an earlier plan that involved convincing the girl to stand on a giant X. (laughs) Next. Number eight, man caught trying to marinate live cat in the trunk of his car. Wow. 
That's I fear for the rest of this list now. Not to be outdone by the creativity of dildo gunsmith Terry Allen Lester, Gary Corcock of Chautauqua, New York. I don't even care if that's right because whatever. Was caught on his way to Buffalo with a cat marinating in his trunk, a live cat, a car trunk, and crushed red pepper. It was almost the perfect basket ingredients for an episode of Speed Freak Chopped. The animal was found in a liquid mixture of oil, crushed pepper, salt, and other ingredients, Corker told police. It was in preparation for a meal. (coughs) The cat, a male, survived. Several baths cleaned him of the concoction, and he seemed to be in good health otherwise, said Erie County SPCA spokeswoman Gina Browning. Corkook 52 appeared in Buffalo City Court where he is charged with felony aggravated cruelty to an animal and several traffic charges. He apparently changed the story later because another report of the incident has him telling a different story. <coughs> it had miscarried, and that was its blood. And I was taking it back over to the ASPCA when they stopped me, he said. And if you were reading that first plot quote closely, you know there was one major problem with this explanation. The cat was a neutered male. <coughs> Sorry. Nice try, Gary Corkuk. May your culinary adventureness be better appreciated in prison. Okay, so next story. Rooster stab man, stabs man to death in, in a cockfight. Okay, so our next story is Rooster stabs man to death at a cockfight. In the ultimate man bites dog story back in February, a cock stabbed a dickhead. <laughs> I like that. That's good. Jose Luis Ochoa was pronounced dead in Delano, California as a result of a sharp force injury to his right calf during a cockfight. But every story has a happy ending, and the rooster went on to win all of his matches that night. On a side note, bled to death at a cockfight would be a pretty badass headstone. Next, we have number six, attorney challenges woman to naked sword duel. Wow. In August, Terry Lee Lochi, a where else? Florida. It says where else. I didn't add that. Florida lawyer who seemed to be channeling the spirit of fellow unhinged lawyer, Dr. Gonzo. First, he got in a drunken fight with his girlfriend, lifted a mirror off the wall and tried to hit her with it. This backfired when she grabbed the hook the mirror had been hanging on and threw it at Lochi and made his head bleed. Made his head bleed. Didn't, you know, lacerate his cranium. Made his head bleed. He went to the shower to wash off the blood, and when he came back, still naked, a nude Lochi handed a sheathed sword to his girlfriend and said, You're going to need this, the court document states. And there you have the difference between a duel and a fight. Duels have a sense of decorum. Lochi then retrieved a larger sword, pulled it from the sheath, and told her, I'm going to kill you. The affidavit says, I wonder if it was really cool like in Princess Bride. Probably not. Looking at the picture of this guy, probably not. Hibbs wrote that after the woman tried to run away, he slammed her into the living room couch where he punched her several times. She managed to free herself and call 911. The girlfriend told investigators that Lochi left the house with the sword. He was still naked. There's this headline on the side here that keeps grabbing my attention. It says, Renfair Dad punishes teen stepdaughter with two-hour sword duel. But I think we covered it, but I want to read it again so bad. Guess what? 
number five is Renfair Dad punishes teen stepdaughter with two-hour sword duel. In October, yeah, we covered this, we met Yelm, Washington's Fremont C. Say? I don't know. Who met his stepdaughter's decision to go to a party without permission with the ultimate punishment, a historical reenactment. With a name like Freeman Say, he was destined to become a LARPer. Sorry, LARPers, that's what it said. According to police, the teen was forced to dress in armor and fight a stepfather, fight her stepfather with a wooden sword for two hours. Police also said the stepfather beat his stepdaughter with a tree branch prior to the duel. Wow, talk about stacking the deck, you fucking pussy. Investigators said she collapsed from exhaustion. The evil emperor pulled the same dirty trick on Maximus. That's just unfair gladiating. C.E. and his wife were brought up on charges, though it's unclear whether they were convicted. Either way, it reminds me of the old saying, every time medieval armor clangs, a saucy wench learns her place. Guy looks like a douchebag that needs to be hit with a claw hammer. Number four, dwarf who played Gordon Ramsay in porn. Wow, wait. <laughs> dwarf who played Gordon Ramsay in porn, eaten by badgers. In September, we learned, we didn't learn, but we're learning now of the untimely passing of a dwarf Gordon Ramsay lookalike whose half-eaten corpse was found in an underground chamber in Wales where the Ministry, oh, I really thought I was going to say Ministry of Magic, where the Ministry of Agriculture had been gassing badgers. At the time, suicide had not been ruled out. Movie producer Dexter Yamanke said Percy was a little guy with big problems. Oh, it's a good thing he wasn't alive to hear that because he would have killed you. Later, it turned out that the story wasn't true at all and seems to have been concocted out of whole, out of whole cloth by the Sunday sport. Based off one picture they saw of a dwarf who looked like Gordon Ramsay. It's a fake story. Oh, I love that line, that headline, though. But it still makes this list because, come on, points for panache. Any jackass can make up a story about a dwarf porn star who looks like a celebrity. But it takes a brilliant tabloid mind to first invent the dwarf lookalike porn star, then kill him off in a gassed badger suicide. The Sunday Sport takes this year's fake story Pulitzer by a mile. Number three, guy who threw hot dog at Tiger Woods said he was inspired by the movie Drive. That's weird. 31-year-old Petaluma native. I'm, uh, let's see, what do we got here? Uh, Brandon Kelly gets my insane new personality of the year award. That's because back in October, Kelly threw a hot dog at Tiger Woods as he was leaving the seventh green at Cordvale Golf Club. Near San Jose during the Fries.com open, he later gave the following interview. I threw the hot dog toward Tiger Woods because I was inspired by the movie Drive, Kelly said. As soon as that movie ended, I thought to myself, I have to go do something outrageous and epic. I have to throw a hot dog on the green in front of Tiger. I'm a firm believer that the punishment should fit the crime, and I think Brandon Kelly's punishment should be to write a feature-length screenplay as a vehicle for Crispin Glover. That's weird. That guy probably needs some help. Number two, bang bus porn star arrested with a dead goat and three live ones in his van. That is a whole, whole different type of bang bus. If you'll remember last year on this list, a male porn was, I don't know why I read that first part. The first time I've been on the site. A male porn was featured, probably porn star was featured after he went off on a sword rampage and ended up getting tased. Off a cliff to his death on live TV. 
Wow, I got to click that link before we go to the number one. Not to be outdone, Raul Armenteros, a.k.a. Ramon from Bang Bus. Not that I would have known who that is, of course. <laughs> Locked up his spot on this year's list in July when Miami police were called to his van by what passersby thought were the cries of a child. Turns out it wasn't a child at all, just a few kids. And Amarentos was arrested with 18 roosters, four guinea hens, four pigeons, four goats, three live, one dead, and one duck in the van. I hardly see why the hens race should matter. (laughs) But the important thing is that somewhere in Miami, a man's walking around with two turtle doves in his ass. I'm still waiting for someone to do a follow-up story because... He wants to, the, the the writer wants to know what he was planning to do with the animals. Let's click on this uh, the last year's list and see what what's going on with that one. She looks familiar. Um, oh, I don't like how this list is set up. The one that we're reading right now, the one I'm reading through, it's uh, one for each, um, like a slideshow. And this one is like two or three of them on the same page. So you got to scroll through them all. And so guess what? Fuck that. So uh, we're at the number one weird story from this website. Oh, this is the story that I didn't want to cover because I thought it was stupid. But we're going to cover it now. Man eats cocaine from brother's butt. Dies. Police. Man trying to hide drug evidence in squad car. A South Carolina man's brother died after police said he was forced to eat cocaine hidden in his brother's backside. Both brothers were taken into custody on allegations they had drugs in their car. But police told Charleston, South Carolina TV station WCIV there were additional drugs hidden in 23-year-old D'Angelo Mitchell's backside. Officers say... (laughs) Officers said D'Angelo Mitchell convinced his brother, 20-year-old Wayne Mitchell, to swallow the ounce of cocaine. So the number one story is man eats coke from brother's butt and dies. The article goes to say, I hate to poke fun at a man's death, but come on, even I have to admit, it gets a little less funny when you hear all the details. In a case of brotherly love in South Carolina turned deadly after a young man agreed to eat cocaine hidden in his older sibling's buttocks, then died of an overdose. D'Angelo Mitchell is seen in a police car video guilting sorry guilting his brother into ingesting the illegal substance because he has heard saying i can't get no more strikes the 23 year old and his younger brother wayne were pulled over by police for a busted tail on november 30th in north charleston according to abc news 4 the pair were handcuffed and put into the back seat of the squad car police said the video then shows d'angelo panic over his arrest and beg his brother to help eat that shit so i can get out he says in the video one of us got to do it. You're the only one that don't have any strikes. You're my little brother. I'm going to get life. And the 20-year-old eventually gives in. D'Angelo can be seen removing something from his backside. Then Wayne leans down and eats the drugs, the police said. I love you, bro, Wayne says in the video after consuming the narcotic. That's terrible. That is absolutely terrible and fucking stupid. Anyway. 
the article goes on to say, well, that's kind of a bummer. Ah, damn it. I wasn't even trying to avoid butt jokes there. Still, for bringing butt coke into the vernacular, thank you. D'Angelo and the late Wayne Mitchell easily earned the top spot on this list. The younger sibling also deserves Brother of the Year honors for being the kind of guy who would literally bend over backwards to eat the coke out of your butt to keep you from going to jail. Ironically, the elder may still end up getting his third strike as he was charged with involuntary manslaughter. You can't spell manslaughter without laughter. That says it in the article, too. And his brother's death, which seems wildly unfair. (laughs) It's a Shakespearean tragedy when you think about it. So when you take your drink on New Year's Eve, pour one out for the crazy bastards who died or had to post bail on hot dog throwing and goat abuse charges just to make our lives seem a little better. Wow. Wow. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to do one more here and then um, do a break. And then I'll come back a little bit later tonight and wrap up the show. But you won't have to wait that long. This is what's happening in Virginia. Republicans require voters to sign loyalty oath to vote and so much more. So let's see what we have. Um, I have so many reasons to love Virginia. And this is addictinginfo.org again. Uh, some of the kindest people I know come from Virginia. Then there's Eric Cantor. There simply isn't enough space on the internet for me to describe the ways I dislike this man. His syrupy accent when he's trying to, ah, uh, shucks the crowd. I picture him in a white suit with a smarmy grin that makes him look like the plantation plantation man, my nickname for him. Um, but surprisingly, I am here to discuss the GOP and Virginia and Virginia and Cantor is nowhere to be found. It just seems like such a waste, but I swear to return with a can of SmackDown on another day. Okay, so one might query, what has Virginia been up to this week? Good question. Well, it was just this week that we found out that only Mitt Romney and Ron Paul had their shit together enough to round up signatures needed to appear on the ballot, with Paul appearing on top after he was selected in a drawing held this week for the 1-2 position. This left Perry scrambling to file a complaint with the U.S. District Court for the Eastern District of Virginia, and he now has a newly scheduled hearing date of January 13, 2012, to make his case for being included on the ballot. Newt, crying like a spoiled brat, compared his inability to being placed on the ballot to Pearl Harbor, yes, Pearl Harbor, which required Mitt Romney to mock Gingrich by comparing Newt's drama to the famous I Love Lucy episode, The Chocolate Factory. Newt then challenged Mitt to a one-on-one debate and dared him to repeat the insult. It turns out that Newt is now claiming fraud by his own campaign worker who purportedly gathered 1,500 fraudulent signatures, sounding a bit acorn to me, spoiling Newt's chance to get on the ballot fairly and squarely considering how he hired an army of paid volunteers to gather signatures and paid them bonuses for different levels attained during his rush to qualify. Can it get better than that? Yes. On Wednesday, December 28th, 2011, the GOP of Virginia sought and obtained the right from the Virginia State Board of Elections to require voters to sign loyalty oaths in order to participate in the state's presidential primary on March 6th. Basically, Virginia voters who have open primaries, meaning you do not have to be of a particular party to vote in the primary, will be required to sign a loyalty oath if they wish to cast a ballot. Loyalty oaths and Virginia... There's a history here. Yes, the GOP of the great state of Virginia is once again putting forth a call for voters that vote in the March 6th primary to sign a loyalty oath. But this isn't the first time, according to the Washington Post. 
This is not the first cycle in which the state Republicans have sought to impose such a pledge. In 2000, the GOP made voters in its primary promise not to participate in the primaries of any other party after state election officials rejected the party's request to disseminate a form asking voters to pledge support for, quote, all of the Republican Party's nominees in the next election. Virginia Republicans initially planned to include a loyalty pledge in the 2008 presidential primary, but then decided to scrap the idea amid fears by some in the party that the requirement might alienate some independent voters from the GOP cause. So what does this oath look like? I, the undersigned, pledge that I intend to support the nominee of the Republican Party for president. That was in bold. Then it goes on to say, the election board approved a notice to inform absentee voters of the pledge assigned to hang at a polling places, to hang at polling places and the pledge form itself according to the Richmond Times dispatch. Signs for polling places and the pledge form will advise voters that section 24.2-545 of the state code of Virginia allows the political party holding a primary to determine requirements for voting in the primary including the, quote, signing of a pledge by the voter of his intentions to support the party's candidate when offering to vote in the primary. The Daily Coast mockingly addressed the simple-minded oath, stating, This appears to be an attempt to skirt the state's open primary law, supported by the State Board of Elections itself, in order to filter out non-party members from causing crazy mischief by, well, by what? There's only two candidates on the ballot, Mitt Romney and Ron Paul, and they are worried independents will tip things towards Ron Paul, maybe? But that's not what their loyalty oath is focused on. It requires your pledge that you intend to support the nominee of the Republican Party for president. What if you only find one of the candidates acceptable but not the other? Are you prevented from voting then because you are not willing to pledge fealty to a generic unknown future candidate? Because that's exactly what it says. In reality, the loyalty oath is garbage. Since it is barring thought crime, there is no way to enforce it, and you are perfectly free to walk into the polls, lie your ass off, and vote for whomever you damn well want. If the loyalty oath has any effect at all, it will be on people who are too honest or principled to lie on a pointless make-work form and thus refuse. Those honest and principled voters will then be prevented from voting for Republicans. Um, and back to the regular part of the article, not the Daily Coast part. And how will this saga about loyalty and oaths and signing and voting end for the voters of Virginia? Well, according to Kyle Kondike, a political analyst for the University of Virginia Center for Politics, reported to ABC News, I think there was a desire to try and keep the Republican Party for Republicans, explains Kyle Kondik, a political analyst for the University of Virginia. I read that part. It's the one barrier to entry that the Republican Party can put up to try and keep voting limited to people in the club. Condict pointed out that the oath, however, is not enforceable from a legal standpoint since voters are guaranteed the right to a private ballot. It's an honor system, said Condict. It doesn't have any legal binding authority. People can go to the primary, sign the pledge, and then vote for their candidate, and then vote for Obama or a third-party candidate in the fall. Back to the regular article. Personally, I am having a big problem wrapping my head around the words loyalty oath, Republican Party, and honor system. I am more inclined to join with the Daily Coast in their assessment that those that appear will sign and couldn't care less if they are lying their asses off. 
this whole Virginia caper, as I'm going to refer to the event, starting with, with all but Romney and Paul being on the ticket to this latest loyalty oath, feels more like Virginia's version of Duck Soup with the Marx Brothers, with Virginia playing the part of Fredonia. Oh. oh, boy. Anyway, so I'm just going to double check over here real quick. See if there's anything new. Um, nope, I think I'm going to do a break, and then maybe I'll do this one here. Unless this has audio in it, then I could just play the audio. No, but it's short, so we'll we'll read this here. Uh, Don posted this one for us. Uh, will Google, Amazon, and Facebook black out the net? In the growing battle for the future of the web, some of the biggest sites online, Google, Facebook, and other tech stalwarts, are considering a coordinated blackout of their sites, some of the web's most popular destination destinations. No Google searches, no Facebook updates, no tweets, no Amazon.com shopping, nothing. The action would be a dramatic response to the Stop Online Piracy Act, a bill backed by the motion picture and recording industries that is intended to eliminate theft online once and for all. H.R. 3261 would require ISPs, Internet Service Providers, to block access to sites that infringe on copyrights. But how exactly it does that has many up in arms. The creators of some of the web's biggest sites argue that it could instead dramatically restrict law-abiding U.S. companies and reshape the web as we know it. A blackout would be drastic, and though the details of exactly how it would work are unclear, it's already under consideration, according to Markham Erickson, the executive director of Net Coalition, a trade association that it's a trade association that includes the likes of Google, PayPal, Yahoo, and Twitter. Mozilla had a blackout day, and Wikipedia has talked about something similar. Erickson told FoxNews.com, calling this kind of operation unprecedented. A number of companies have had discussions about that, he said. With the Senate debating the SOPA legislation at the end of January, it looks as if the tech industry's top dogs are finally adding bite to their bark, something CNET called the nuclear option. When the home pages of Google.com, Amazon, Facebook, and their internet allies simultaneously turn black with anti-censorship warnings that ask users to contact politicians about a vote in the U.S. Congress the next day on SOPA, Declan McCullough wrote, you know they're finally serious. This type of thing doesn't happen because companies typically don't want to put their users in that position, Erickson explained. The difference is that these bills so fundamentally change the way the internet works People need to understand the effect this special interest legislation will have on those who use the Internet. The polarizing movement has many critics, but also equally strong and diverse support, including most major media companies, as well as businesses like 3M, Adidas, Blueberry, oh, sorry, Burberry, <laughs> CVS, and more. News Corp., the parent company of FoxNews.com, also supports the law. SOPA targets foreign websites that sell counterfeit drugs and stolen copies of Hollywood movies, not such American websites as YouTube or your favorite blog, wrote Richard Bennett, senior research fellow at the Information and Technology Innovation Foundation and editorial in the New York Post. The law is necessary to deal with those sites, he says. Internet criminals selling bogus drugs or pirated movies will simply set up shop in China or a distant island republic knowing that they won't be harassed by law enforcement regardless of how many U.S. lives or jobs they endanger. But opposition to the legislation has grown substantially louder in recent weeks as the vote looms. On November 15th, Google, Facebook, Twitter, 
Zynga, I can't pronounce that one for the life of me, no matter what. eBay, Mozilla, Yahoo, AOL, and LinkedIn wrote a letter to Washington warning of SOPA's dangers. We are concerned that these measures pose a serious risk to our industry's continued track record of innovation and job creation, as well as our nation's cybersecurity, the letter argued. Google co-founder Sergey Brin himself has loudly denounced the bill. While I support their goal of reducing copyright infringement, which I don't believe these acts would accomplish, I am, uh, he has that parenthetically, I am shocked that our lawmakers would contemplate such measures that would put us on par with the most oppressive nations in the world, Bryn wrote on Google Plus social networking site earlier this month. Others have taken more a more proactive approach, voting with their dollars against those who support the bill. GoDaddy.com, one of the largest domain registrars on the internet, stands to potentially lose thousands of customers on Thursday, December 29th, or Dump GoDaddy Day. I heard it was like 30,000, 40,000 people. The culmination of an ongoing boycott of the company, since uh, GoDaddy has uh, now, um, they, they, they uh, adamantly oppose SOPA, because it's bad for business for them. Microblogging site Tumblr generated 87,834 calls to Congress with its own anti-SOPA campaign, a total of 1,293 total hours spent talking to representatives. Hollywood and the recording industry have maintained the bill's necessity in the name of piracy. Rogue websites that steal America's innovations and creative products attract more than 53 billion visits a year and threaten more than 19 million American jobs. The U.S. Chamber of Commerce wrote in a letter to the editor of the New York Times. But Erickson believes it's just the tip of the iceberg in terms of response. People take the Internet very personally. Erickson told FoxNews.com it's a very important part of their lives. Yeah. SOPA really does stand a chance. Thank you for, for, for that article. That's good. I think more people need to know about just what the fuck is going on and how they're trying to turn this into China or North Korea. <clears throat> SOPA would, would effectively um, get rid of the ability to um, comment on movies. Uh, if you post a picture, they could they could take it down for copyright infringement. You put up a clip to go along with a review, you could go to jail. I know that's all extreme, but, you know, it, it could happen. Um, by the way, while I'm looking at this, I'm looking at how many members this show has. Um, on Facebook, we have 191 members. So if nine of you out there are, uh, haven't joined up, let's see if we can hit 200. <laughs> It's absolutely meaningless how many people are on there. Uh, it's the interaction that matters. But go ahead. I won't bother you too much. Um, so, oh, and we still have our contest going with the title suggestion for Reverend Scott's segment. Um, let's see what the newest ones are on Facebook because uh, that's, that's all I have here. Um, are you delirious? I am serious with Reverend Scott. Uh, you can't vote, Scott. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, let's see. Lies make baby Jesus cry. Oh, the, okay. So there has been nothing new, but feel free to come over to the Are You Serious Podcast page, the the group. We have a page, too, that I'm trying to get people to join, too, so I can see what kind of stories trend and what people are most interested in us talking about. Um, but I'll get on that later when I have time. So, um, yeah. I'm going to take a break and uh, I'll be back in a, probably a couple hours to finish this up.
So I'll be full of hamburger at that point. All right. Be right back. called show show and it's the best fucking movie podcast ever it's even better than cocaine which i would know a lot about visit show show at showshow.podomatic.com or search show show all one word in the itunes store hi andy's grandma we're here to record a new episode of night of the living podcast is andy home oh me so sorry he in the hole right now you follow me oh andy's room smells kind of weird yeah, really strange. He left his computer on over here, too. Hey, guys, why do you think Andy might have this mask of human skin? That's weird. Maybe you guys know why there's this machete in the corner. This computer's just knife enthusiast websites in American apparel. Oh, wait, there's another website here. Palaver.com. Palaver. Okay, Palaver. Whatever, I Palaver. think... Yeah, he's definitely got the serial killer board up right under uh, Night of the Living podcast discussions. Oh, Jesus. Uh, maybe we should get the hell maybe out of here. Maybe we should go. Yeah, I think we should. Hey, guys. You ready to record? <laughs> if you're a fan of horror films, you should check out Night of the Living podcast at notlp.com. Hey, fans. It's Ken Forey. Just want to tell you about Mail Order Zombie great company. They review zombie films, any zombie film, every zombie film, and it's uh, something you should tune into. So if you get a chance, go to the website, look these guys up, Mel Zombie, and find out what the hot zombie films are today. What's going on? These guys are right on the the cutting edge of of reviewing zombie movies, and if you're a zombie, or you want to be a zombie, or you're thinking about being a zombie, or your mom's a zombie, your dad's a zombie, your damn mother-in-law's a zombie... Tune in to Melora Zombie, baby. You'll find out what's going on. Ken Forey, and that's out.
Okay. Um, actually, I can finish the show up earlier than I thought because um, I have everything in place to do it, which is awesome because everybody is fantastic. So I have this voicemail here um, that we will obviously play so you can hear it. So I might as well just do that. Frankie Poozin, Chrissy Wheeze, it's Jamie here from Australia and the Palava Forums. How are you? Good, good, uh, good. As we speak right now, I am drunk as a skunk. All right. It's Christmas Day. I've been drinking since about 12 o'clock. It is now <laughs> 12.30 a.m. Well, it's the 26th, 12.30 a.m. So, yeah, I'm pretty fucking pissed at the moment. <laughs> I've had a cracker of a Christmas. Um, got myself a new guitar body, which I'm going to get built. It's nice. Yeah, that beautiful. looks good. My incredible wife secured that for me. It was a one-of-a-kind guitar body that I spied back in May, and now it's just she bought it straight away. As soon as I went, oh, I love that. I really want it, but I can't afford it. Yeah, nice. the next day she purchased it, and I didn't even know she's had it all this time. It's very, very cool. Yeah, she's that's amazing. great. Thank you, wifey. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, um. I heard you talking about uh, Tom Cruise in the last episode there. And um, look, I am a massive Tom Cruise apologist. I love <laughs> the guy. I know he's fucking crazy. He is batshit crazy, but you know, people give him a lot of shit. But, I mean, Scientology, yeah, it's pretty fucking crazy stuff when you look into what they believe in. But is it yeah. any more crazy? Seriously? Anything else that's out there, religious-wise? I mean... I think only because it's newest. Basics, okay? Yeah. You either got a bearded dude up in the clouds who snapped his fingers and created the planet, or Scientology with their belief that aliens created us, which, quite frankly, makes a lot more sense. (laughs) Sadly, yes. Even though I still think it's batshit crazy. It's (laughs) less batshit crazy than the Bible. So how about everyone just lay the fuck off Tom Cruise, okay? Because the man is great. He's less harmful than Mel Gibson. Holy shit. (laughs) He's Les Grossman in Tropic Thunder. I couldn't believe it. This is like, yep, this secures Tom Cruise as one of the coolest motherfuckers that ever graced the silver screen. I'll give you that. So um, I love the cruiser. I can't wait to go and see uh, Mission Impossible 4. I've been hearing some incredible reports about it being phenomenally good. That's good. And I loved the third one. I mean, I hated the second one. Yeah, me too. The second film was just like, oh, my God, it's so Hollywood, it's crap. But um, (laughs) I, you know, just after his meltdown on Oprah's couch, he'd done, he'd just done Mission Impossible 3. And um, so I thought, ah, fuck it, you know, I'll watch it. (laughs) He's gone downhill, blah, blah, blah. I'll watch Mission Impossible 3 and just went, holy fuck. Fuck, that was excellent. I've never that was watched an it. Excellent movie. And it was really good. Really good. So to find out that everyone's raving about Mission Impossible 4 gets me excited. And huh? I love the cruiser, man. He's cool as fuck. You can't you cannot dispute the man's body of work. That's He's true. Done some great, great material and he did one of the best vampires well before they started sparkling. <laughs> so uh here's the Lestat. Here's to Tom Cruise, and I hope he keeps pumping out some movies because the man is talented. Fuck everyone else who thinks otherwise. <laughs> Keep it up, baby. Serious. Chris and Frank, this is James out. I uh, hope you have a good new year. And, uh, 
Yeah, Tom Cruise is less harmful than uh, than some other people, like like Mel Gibson. So he's just so abrasive sometimes. <laughs> but anyway, before I play this this last uh, the, this um, segment here, um, after the show, after the music, um, if I have the guts to do it. I have a DVD of the show that we played uh, at the museum where I sang for the first time. Um, so if I'm either drunk or I don't give a shit, I'm going to rip the audio for that and I'm going to play it. And now I'm not a professional in any way, shape, or form, but um, I would I would ask maybe a little... Um, feedback but be nice this is this is singing to me is different than playing music it's different than standing in front of people and talking this is this is one of the things i i i almost refuse to do because it it's just so uh you, you just lay yourself out it's like standing naked in front of you know a whole bunch of people that are just gonna judge you so, um, yeah, take a listen to that. It'll only be a few minutes. It starts off with uh, somebody else singing. We go from the Johnny Cash version into a um, more like social distortion version. But, I mean, we have 11 people. There. We have keyboard, acoustic guitar, two electrics, me on bass, um, and a whole bunch of um, singers. So it's it's... It's a fun version. It was a lot of fun to play. The whole thing was a lot of fun. But none of us, well, there, there are actually a couple of people in the band that are professionals, but I'm not a professional singer. Shoo. Um, I'm just going to play this and stop talking. If I don't get a chance to see you before the end of the year, happy Happy New Year. And Thank you very much. Do you have Thanks. Millennium plans? Are you going to celebrate? Do you, uh, how do I'm you celebrate? I'm pretty much going to, you know, play it by ear. Yeah. I'll give you an idea. Can I get a countdown? Ten! Nine! There, Chris, and the ghost of Are You Serious Past, Frank. <laughs> fucking fuck, shut the fuck up. It's Reverend Scott, and for a quick message for the Are You Serious cult members out there. First of all, I hope all of you had a Merry Christmas. I hope you got everything you wanted this year. For instance, I hope Frank got those lizards he always wanted. Okay, there were these two lizards. They were about this big, which is a good idea to do this for radio. About two and a half inches. About the size of my cock. Sounds like you should have asked Santa for something else. Package. <clears throat> Anyways, I, I wanted to take this opportunity to wish everyone a safe and happy new year as well. I know some of you are going to party like it's 1999, while others are just going to chill out and relax. I wish you all the best in whatever it is you're going to do this holiday weekend. So if that means you're just going to sit at home alone and jerk off, go ahead and do that. Finally. Because I'm tired of waiting for my wife to join in. Okay. All right. Glad I can help. Peace and love, guys. 
Oh, these are sticky. Ah, shit. Why do I say stuff like that? I don't know. <laughs> oh, I, I cannot thank Scott enough. It was a, a, an incredibly hectic week for, for all of us, for me and, um, and Scott and Bill with, with doing all the shows. And Scott made more segments the, the, in this week than he ever has. And um, thank you for taking the time. And thank you for taking a, a, a liking to um, our crappy little podcast that we just won't stop doing. Because I think that pisses people off more than actually doing the show. <laughs> you know, than, than, than the stories we cover when we do the show. It's, we just don't stop. So thank you. Thank you, everybody, for um, a great, fun year. And uh, we'll be back next week. And I... I'm going to forget, but I really want to cover some of the, the tweets of people that didn't get what they wanted for Christmas. Some of that stuff is absolutely hilarious, but I wanted to save that for Frank because his his vitriol and, and fury over these people should be legendary, to say the least. So um, if I ever update the website, it's areyourseriouspodcast.com. I just haven't done that in a long time. Um, but we're on Palaver. You can get us on Stitcher. We have an app in the in the store that you can buy that I think me and Frank and maybe Randy have bought, and that's about it. Um, I don't care. I, I will never see any money from that anyway, uh, so I don't really care. Um, but all of those are you know ways to get to the show, get the show. Um, I try to post stuff on Twitter and Facebook with links to it. So, you know, if you have this, obviously, you know, but there are other ways you can, you can listen to the show. So, uh, if you want to get in touch with us, it's, uh, 206-338-3094. Um, or you can record an MP3 and just send that on over. Uh, don't be afraid of how your voice sounds because honestly, I wanted to edit everything out that I ever said in the first, like, 30 episodes before I got used to my voice. Um, you, if you choose to send an MP3, whoever you are, you are the only person that thinks your voice sounds weird. Um, and with that said, um, yeah, it's are you serious podcast at gmail.com. That's what I should have said. Um, yeah. So, uh, I'll keep arguing with people on Facebook and Jay, Jay, thank you. I got the poster today. Fantastic fantastic i gotta i gotta take the curl out of it and um find a nice frame for it because that's that's some nice paper that that's printed on thank you I, I cannot say thank you enough i could but it would probably take a really long time to record it and then after two hours of saying thank you i'd probably lose my voice and then i guess that would be enough anyway take a listen at the end of the show after the music after the little portal clip from me um, either embarrassing myself or being incredibly brave. Stood up in front of the president of the museum and the vice president and the CEOs and CFOs and all the people that I don't normally see, and which actually helped because I didn't really know a lot of them. But I actually I, I accomplished something this year that I never thought I would, and I'm kind of proud of it. So, yeah. It's not great. I'm not a singer, but I'm going to stop. And uh, that's it. And uh, Frank will be back next week, I hope. <laughs> and uh, we'll talk to you then. Bye.
Are you still there? So, um, the last song we're going to do, uh, unless there's a request for an encore <laughs> at some point, uh, is also the last um, themed song. And there was some dissension in the band about this because uh, we wanted to do a very appropriate song, Johnny Cash's Ring of Fire. Everybody know Ring of Fire? Yeah. But there was, an, there was a divisive argument in the band about doing Johnny Cash's version versus doing another version that we found um, through our musical knowledge. So we agreed to do both. And so we'll start with the original, and uh, this will be our last song, unless there's a request. <laughs> Just in case. a burning thing and it makes a fiery ring bound by my wild desire I fell into a ring of fire I fell into a burning ring of fire I went down, down, down and the flames went high and it burns, burns, burns the ring of fire Love is sweet when hearts like ours beat. I fell for you like a child. Oh, but the fire went wild. I fell into a burning ring of fire. I went down, 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 and the flames went higher. And it burns, burns, burns the ring of fire.
makes fiery ring bound by wild desire I fell into a ring of fire I fell into a burning ring of fire went down 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 and the flames went higher and it burns 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 that ring of fire that ring of fire the taste of love is sweet when hearts like ours meet. I fell for you like a child. Oh, but the fire went wild. I fell into a burning ring of fire. Went down, 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 and the flames went higher. Let it burn! Brickelmeyer. End of line.